Welcome to the Inspired Teacher's Guide podcast. We are Kim Wilkins and Laura Woldridge, just two teachers trying to podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us. Welcome back, everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. So last time, Laura, we talked about setting goals mm-hmm. for the new year. Yeah, and it's just very appropriate to have that conversation of the new year, even if you aren't a big reg- uh, resolution setter. I'm not a resolution setter. Oh, but I... <laughs> I, cause I just let myself down. Yeah. And I and, feel bad about it. Well, I know as I'm setting it, I'm going to let myself <laughs> down, but oh well. But <laughs> I did, you know, we downloaded that piece from Mel. Oh, Mel Robbins. Robbins. Yes. And I went through that last night and was looking at really like what went well, mm-hmm. listing out. The highlights of each month. Yeah, we'll link this. Or can we link that in the podcast? Oh, we can. Okay. Uh-huh. It's, it's a free download. It's really, Kim sent it to me, and it's really interesting because she has you walk through each season mm-hmm. and listing out things that went well. And she says to open up your camera roll, you know, because you usually take pictures of things that go well. Yes. Um, but I thought that was very interesting to do or interesting to think about because like at the dinner table last night, I just had my kids say, what were your favorite things? You know, and they pick out the major big things, except mm-hmm. Luke said intramurals at school. Really? That's great. <laughs> I thought that was great. That is um, awesome. But to really reflect, and then we can keep those good things going, uh-huh. you know. Um, yeah. But. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think I started some healthy habits. Mm, yeah, you were last You became year. a runner. Yeah. I started running again. Then I got some RSV. I really think I had RSV. And so I didn't run for over two weeks and then I started back up and it really mm-hmm. was not that it was easy. Yeah. You, your muscles kind of kicked back in. Yeah. And I've been doing a workout and, um, on days that it's too cold, uh, four weeks for everybody, it's low impact, but lots of weights and lots of squats and lunges, which helped me on my runs. Mm-hmm. And, and good for your bones. Yeah. I've started drinking green smoothies. Okay. So those are some, I did start some healthy habits, mm-hmm. I think. And and really for me, I just want to kind of keep those up. And we, what we're going to talk about t- today in today's episode, um, I'll kind of give you some clues as to why I'm not a good goal setter. <laughs> And not a good resolution maker. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, Brock and I were working out in the mornings and doing a pretty good job. And then we took a long hiatus, but we are going to come back. Um, it's just very important. I just think about, um, you know, lifting weights is not only for your looks, but a major factor in helping your bones be strong. Yes. Um, and I, yes. I just learned that in the past year. So true. From Especially my for my age. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm at that age where I really have to think about keeping my bones strong yes. and flexibility mm-hmm. so that I don't fall. And I mean, I'm not that old, but it's coming. Well, if you don't prepare for it now, mm-hmm. there's a book that Brock has read or Brock has listened to a bunch of it and I have listened to some of it. It's called Outlive. Mm -hmm. And the doctor on it says, like, for example, um, he was working with a patient who loved to walk down, like from his house, walk down the stairs and go for a swim in the lake. 
And so, and he said, that's one of the things he wanted to keep on doing his whole life. Mm -hmm. And so what they really worked on is how much VO2 max do you need to walk down the stairs, swim and walk back up the stairs. Mm -hmm. And that, that right now at his age, that they need to go over that, his capability. Okay. So that push a little bit harder, you mm -hmm. mean? So as he ages, the natural progression, it will go down, but that the bottom of that progression will be still the level that he needs to do the things he loves. Oh, wow. So we need to be thinking about lifting weights, flexibility, um, you know, all those things so that when we are older, um, we can still do the things we want to do. Uh, flexibility is huge. You know, on days that I run, because I don't want to get really, really sore, I do a minimum of 20 minutes of yoga mm. after just to get that. I don't think we stretch enough. And then yeah. our flexibility really. Oh, and when we do stretch, I'm like, wow. Feels good. It does, it does feel good. good. Oh, goodness. Really good. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into this week's episode. Okay. I'm super excited about it. Well, this week's episode is near and dear to my heart mm. because every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, yep, there <laughs> you are. And also I'm the mom of a child who has attention deficit disorder. Mm. So it's one of those executive functioning uh, it falls under the executive functioning. And so. Yeah. Cause um, attention, attention is an executive skill. Yes, so, it is. It is. Um, we'll get into that. And Kim is going to be teaching us today and I'm super excited about it because she's been doing research and studying more and more about it. Um, even though that she has lots of experience with it. Yeah. David was diagnosed at four. Okay. That, and that just is like blows it's, my mind. I know. Well, I knew that. He was different than his sister mm -hmm. um, because he he never played with toys. He would just disassemble things. And then he was actually in pre-K and it was a really big problem. And so they said at a church <laughs> and they were precious. It wasn't their fault. I mean, yeah. he was in danger of hurting kids. I couldn't let him watch like Ninja Turtles or or it, like any kind of. Power Rangers, uh -huh. nothing like that, because he would act it out, and then he'd hurt people, and oh, he didn't mean to. Gosh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, at four, we saw a psychologist, mm -hmm. and we tried for six months just different behavior modifications, and and they would work to an extent, but it wasn't enough. So he, for us, for our family, um. The behavior mods, the the working with a psychologist and medication. Okay, was the answer for us. It's not the answer for everybody, right? But it was the answer for us. I I did not start taking medicine until I was an adult. But um, yeah, I think I think it it's probably familial. I mean, we both are dyslexic too, and mm. those two things go hand in hand. But I remember the first day that David was on Ritalin. That's what mm -hmm. we put him on. We tried a lot of different ones, but that's what we, that's what we started with. And then we settled with, um, it was the first time he ever played with a toy. He was four and a half. Oh, I called my mother crying. I said, he is in the floor playing with a toy mm -hmm. and he had never done that before. So it was pretty severe. Yeah. Yeah. 
I just am, I'm always go back to what Russ Green says when I think about behavior, adult behavior and kid behavior, you know, it's, he had unmet needs. And so that's why he was, yes. you know, like his needs were not met. And therefore we saw this negative reaction or negative behaviors coming out. Yes. Um, and I didn't know, I mean, you can't tell kids with attention deficit to sit down or be quiet or mm-hmm. try harder. You you definitely have to um, train them. Punishment yeah. doesn't work. Oh, gosh, no. It'd be um, like punishing someone who can't see mm-hmm. for not being able to see. And that it was not a, a timeout worked pretty well. Um, the psychologist had us put him in his room. We removed all his toys. He would sit on his bed okay. for 10 minutes or we'd start like five and we doubled it every time, five minutes, then 10 minutes, then 20 minutes. Like, it Did doesn't... he see the connection between timeout and the I don't the know behavior? that he did. He was so little. But one day he was in his room and the doorbell rang. So I thought, well, goodness, I wonder who's at the door. And it was the only way. He had <laughs> crawled out the window. I opened the door and he said, I don't want to sit on my bed anymore. <laughs> that is great. And now, and he still has that same little personality. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about ADHD. Okay. Yeah. Because I would, I need to know more about this. Well, it's a neurodevelopmental disorder. It affects children and it affects adults. We, struggle with maintaining attention, probably not so much paying attention, but more of regulating attention. Mm. Organiz- yes. And that was something I learned with executive functioning skills is we cannot train our brains to not lose attention. That is natural, yes. but it's to notice it and refocus is That's the right. big thing. That's right. So um, staying organized is a problem. Mm-hmm. Getting organized is a problem. Controlling impulsive behaviors, um, hyperactivity, and that doesn't necessarily mean fidgeting, although you know you have to try to keep me quiet on this podcast because I move, but it's also um, hyperactive thoughts. Mm. Our thoughts just spin and spin. And, and so sometimes I'm like a duck on water. You know, I look calm on the surface. Yeah. But underneath, I'm I'm a bundle of mm-hmm. anxiety, and I I think some we can all relate to that at some point because at some at some point in your life you've had something on your mind and you can't get it off. Yes, and so we can kind of connect to that that you've been there, but you've not really been there. Yeah. So, like controlling impulsive behaviors is is really learning how to control impulsive behaviors is a is difficult and challenging. Mm. I, I, I signed up one night for postgraduate school. I thought, (laughs) I thought a friend of mine was talking about it. I thought, goodness, I should do that. And before the time was like, before I went to bed that night, I was staying with in Little Rock where I was working and I was staying with Teresa and she was taking some postgrad classes. And I thought, gosh, I should do that. And before I knew it, I'd signed up for six hours and no, 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 no. And then on into it, I'm like, I don't want to be a superintendent. (laughs) Why did I sign up for these classes? 
Oh, but anyway, I took the classes and mm-hmm. I completed it. So, you know, that impulse behavior mm-hmm. is, it's really tough. Yeah. I think I'll run a marathon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. So we were fidgety. Um, it persists into adulthood. This idea that kids outgrow it is mm-hmm. just, it's just misinformation. We don't, we learn to cope uh-huh. and cope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 5% of adults in the U S are have attention issues. Okay. Attention deficit. And that number may surprise you guys, um, that it's not higher, but, um, our friend Natalie that's on podcast 10, she says that many, many, many issues mask themselves as ADHD and yes. so that's why it may surprise you that the number is just five. Um, so if you catch yourself thinking, oh, that kid has attention um, attention issues, they must have ADHD, really get your thinking cap on and detective and really start thinking and tracking data. Because, you know, as a teacher, we can never say, we can never diagnose, but we can gather information. Um no, that's true, Laura. Mm-hmm. And that, that brings me to another point I, I want to make is that uh, there are ways to diagnose online. Don't do that. Yeah. Fall into that trap. We went months to a psychologist and I would highly recommend that mm-hmm. because if, if we, if kids are misdiagnosed, let's say they have bipolar disorder mm-hmm. and we give them medicine for attention deficit disorder. We are really putting them at risk mm. for all kinds, all kinds of bad problems, including suicide. Oh my gosh! So you have to be very careful. Yeah, we don't just want to approach this willy nilly. Mm-hmm. You need to see your healthcare provider. I recommend behavioral therapy mm-hmm. because that for my children, two of my children, and myself, behavioral therapy has helped. Oh, it's amazing. Yes, yeah, so. We don't want to just, it's not just something we throw medicine at. Mm-hmm. There are lots of things we can do to help kids who have attention deficit. Yeah. And, but the first step is making sure that we're seeing the right professionals. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you some um, warning signs and look fors okay. that you can make notes of. Mm-hmm. And then you can take that to a professional who is trained in diagnosis. Yeah. We are not. Yeah, absolutely. I just think about, you know, if, if I want um, Lawson to become better at soccer, um, I'm not just going to look for a coach. I'll be looking for a specific coach. That's with right. Soccer, you know, yeah. so being very careful and, and not even just a soccer coach, but a soccer coach that will meet his needs. So we need to be very careful about choosing um, and making recommendations. Yeah. One of the things I found that was interesting and because I am a serial dieter, as we've discussed before, (laughs) is that there was some studies that were done and a meta-analysis found that children who have higher risk of ADHD symptoms also scored lower on the healthy eating patterns, mm. which may suggest there's some kind of nutrient missing. Okay. And I know for my own son, David, he is a, well, he married a very crunchy girl. Mm-hmm. She's precious. And we met her on a podcast, but 
she really, really helps him in making good food choices. And David stays away from grains. He stays away from sugar. Mm -hmm. He really tries to stay away from a lot of dairy and he really just eats real food, lots of vegetables and protein. Mm. Yeah. So I, and I know as a mom of a little child of young children, it's, it's really easy to hand them a package of, you know, I don't know, little cookies or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, just Run through McDonald's yeah, or whatever. Run through McDonald's mm-hmm. or here's some Teddy Grahams or whatever. Yeah. You know, and I think probably too many grains, too much sugar. And because we are impulsive, mm-hmm. we grab the first thing. Yeah. So having your home or your classroom set up where there are, are healthy options mm-hmm. for kids is important. Uh, you know, like when the boys come in from school, they're ravenous and, uh, you know, they grab for the chips or whatever. And I'm like, if you are hungry, you need to make a choice that will satiate you. You know, not those chips are not going to do it. You'll blow through a whole bag. (laughs) No. So one thing we can do is have fruit already Mm -hmm. prepared, cut up, kind of keep it in the fridge, cut up and prepared Mm -hmm. and then vegetables cut up and prepared. And when we do that, they're less likely to go bad because we'll grab them. Yeah. I mean, having some Broccoli and some ranch. Mm-hmm. While ranch may not be the best choice, but it, at least it's, it's getting broccoli and carrots that's into right. your body yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I just think about, you know, having apples out, having, you know, even the little cutie clementines. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just they to, love those. They too. do love those. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, t- I'm really working on my boys because I'll have nuts and they'll just grab it. And I'm like, a closed handful is all you need, you know. It's so easy to overeat. It is so, and I'm yeah. like, they are very expensive, yes. and you don't need that much. So, yeah. but just thinking about what can you have available because you know, guys, those of you who are parents, you watch food impact your kids. I mean, it I, does. Yeah. 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 Like the fruit punch at a certain restaurant in town. I'm like, oh gosh, we're going to pay the price for that. Yeah. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. I think it's the red dye. Oh, for sure. I, I think I so do. too. I really, really am trying to stay clear mm-hmm. of that. And my children who are my, my daughter-in-law and my daughter are really trying to do that with, with their, their kids. kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's really scary what that it does is. Well, so <clears throat> David was diagnosed at four mm-hmm. and the research says the median age of diagnosis for a very severe child is four. The median. So that means kids are getting diagnosed earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very severe cases. Um, for moderate, it's six and the median age for a mild ADHD is seven. So really, I mean, you know, you're thinking entering pre-K, Kindergarten yeah. and first grade and, yes. you know, maybe even in second. So school is helping. Right. Teachers are noticing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we do notice sometimes though, we really, like I said before, you want to be careful because you don't know if that inattentiveness or impulsivity is anxiety mm-hmm. or something going on. Yeah. So you want to be really cautious. Work with your school counselor or those school-based and just make sure that you're, it's not developmental, you know, like thinking, well, yeah, you, you've got to have movement in your classroom. You've got to have yeah. time to talk and things like that. So, 
that, that's something easy to make sure that you're doing. So really, and I would tell my students, we don't want to create our own problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and if, if we don't allow talking and we don't have movement in our room, you will have problems because kids' needs aren't being met. Yeah. So we tend to think that this is something that just come about mm-hmm. in recent years. But yeah, as a matter of fact, Back in the 1800s. Back 1800s? It was first, yeah, people, doctors were making note of it. And then in 1902, a British pediatrician, Sir George Frederick Steele, described some affected children as having no moral control. That's what he Mm. said over their behavior, despite possessing unimpaired intelligence. They just can't control themselves. But he, it, was, it was just an observation. Mm-hmm. And then in 1937, um, there was um, a drug, Benzedrine, I think is how it's pr- pronounced, was inadvertently given to some children. Uh, it was just, they were given that medicine for something else, and they found oh. that it helped this impulse control and hyperactivity. And then... It was really highly, I mean, people just didn't pay attention to that research for a very long time. Um, most of the physicians ignored that discovery, and it was not included in the first edition of the DSM mm-hmm. that was published in 1936. So they didn't, this moral control, they were talking about it in the 1800s, early 1900s. In 1937, this medicine was given to children. Uh-huh. It seemed to help, but everybody thought that was just a fluke. Yeah. No, there wasn't probably a lot of research done about it. And it wasn't until the second edition of the DSM in the 1960s that the American Psychiatric Association included this idea of hyperactivity. And they called it hyperkinetic reaction of childhood. Wow. Yeah. So it is not a new thing. No. It's not a... It started, people started noticing it mm-hmm. way back in the early, in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. But think about how times have changed. Yeah. You know, people learned trades and they were outside and they worked. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we do know about attention deficit is that exercise can be one of the most beneficial mm-hmm. things we can do for kids. As a mother, what I noticed was when David started playing organized sports in about the second grade, particularly football. Mm-hmm. His attention and impulsivity and hyperactivity improved because he was getting regular, yeah, uh, regular kind of planned exercise, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and something that really exerted him, yeah. So the term ADHD or attention deficit disorder wasn't actually assigned to this phenomenon until 1980s and wow. 1983. So they've known about it. A hundred years, uh-huh. but in 1983, they they named it ADHD, and they said that there were two variants with hyperactivity and without hyperactivity. Okay, but now we know that there's ADHD. They're different. It's all the same thing, and we just call it ADHD. Mm-hmm. But some people tend to lean more with impulse control. Okay. And some people tend to be more inattentive. And some people tend to be more hyper. And then there's one that 
It's all of it. And that would be moi. Okay. I have all the things. Uh-huh. And David too, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Landon seems to be more, um, he's not hyper at mm-hmm. all, but more inattentive. Yeah. And it's probably not even a good word, but what he would do is he would be thinking about um, how to, <laughs> he told me this actually, he did not, he needed to take that medicine because he didn't want to have to be thinking about how to create a time machine in class. Oh, so his it. brain was somewhere else. Yeah. Know? And he would rush through things just to get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You got to build that time machine. Yeah. He just had to <laughs> think about that time machine. Oh, that's awesome pretty thing. sweet. I know. Mm. So inattentiveness, impulsivity, and hyperactivity. Mm. Yeah. And it was 1983. Golly. And it was, I know, it wasn't until 1997 under IDEA, Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, that students would qualify for special ed services for for that. uh, Oh, it just breaks my heart because you got to think about how many kids have gotten in trouble. My brother. For things that they could not control. My brother got spankings all the time in Mm -hmm. third grade. My aunt was a third grade teacher. And she would hear, you know, back then they just took him out in the hallway yeah. and paddled him and she would look out there and it'd be him. And she said it would just break his heart. But he, he's dyslexic. Mm-hmm. He is hyper. He talks nonstop. The blurting out, the not staying in your chair, mm-hmm. not paying attention, not finishing your work, all those things that are he negative. checking all the boxes, yeah. the warnings or the... Yeah. So let's talk about warning signs. Okay. Yeah, let's do. All right. So the main signs of being inattentive are having a short attention span. Mm. Like you just can't, you can't sustain mm-hmm. attention even through a read aloud and being distracted. So I'm in a classroom, the teacher's reading a book, but somebody's mowing the lawn outside oh, and that tractor, lawn tractor spins around fast. <laughs> I want to watch that because that's really cool. Right. It's better than this story that mm-hmm. this teacher is reading. Um, making careless mistakes. Okay. So, and I see that a lot in math, you know, mm-hmm. um, just, yeah. you're like, you know, you, you know this. And yeah. They're just careless. They're just very careless and they rush through and they just mm-hmm. want to get it done. And it seems careless because their attention is off to something else. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is a biggie. Losing things, <laughs> forgetting things and losing things. How many kids get in trouble at school because they, they've they lost their pencil? Yeah. They can't find their that book, shit. their computer, their whatever. Do you know how many times I've lost my keys? <laughs> Brock said last night, we need to put one of those tiles on your water cup because uh, I'm looking yes. for it all the time. Yes. My phone. Mm. I never know where my phone mm. is. Yeah. Um, not being able to stick to tasks that are tedious. Okay. Just put it aside. I can't stick to mm-hmm. that. And we'll talk about in the next episode kind of how some tricks to help you. To help with that. Um, They look like they're not listening. And they're Mm -hmm. probably not because they're probably thinking about a time machine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Having to change activities. Okay. They can't sustain a task. So they're on to this. And that's me cleaning house. My Mm -hmm. mom used to say she'd come over to help me clean house because I couldn't get it done because I would be 
in the kitchen cleaning and then I would pick up something and that goes in the bathroom, shower, and you'd be on into the bathroom. And then I would be cleaning out the drawer, the hair bow drawer in the bathroom. <laughs> so, yeah. Man. Yeah. And then organizing tasks. Mm-hmm. How to how to organize a task. How do I set this task up in an organized way so that I can accomplish it? Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that next time. So those are signs of inattentiveness. Do you okay. see any of those in anybody you know? Yeah. Yeah. And kids you've taught. Oh, they for come sure. to my mind. Yeah. yeah. They're always losing things. Mm-hmm. They can't sustain a task. So anyway, we'll yeah. come back to that. Mm. All right. Hyperactivity and impulsivity. Well, that's easy to spot. You can't sit still. You're right. fidgeting. My leg bounces all the time. Tim says at church, you're going to bounce these people out of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly fidgeting, not being able to concentrate on a task, excessive talking, mm. blurting out. And, and I think a lot of times we think that that's just being defiant. Mm-hmm. And rude and rude, yeah, disrespectful, but that's really maybe something more people uh-huh. interrupting, mm. yep, interrupting. Um, they don't have a sense of this is me, they don't have a sense of danger, like no sense that that something is danger or little sense of it. Okay, so probably more willing to take risks, yes, more willing to take risks and not. Like not really paying attention to your surroundings Mm. and being aware of, okay, I'll tell you this story. We were in um, uh, an island. Where were we? St. Martin. Okay. We were St. Martin. So we were going to go to this restaurant and St. Martin is a real small island. It's it's not commercial at all. I mean, if you go to the port Mm -hmm. area, it would be, but where we stayed, it wasn't. So we park our, we rented a car, we park our car. It's dark and we're going to, it's gravel, dark parking lot. And we're going to walk into this little restaurant, beach bar kind of thing, really is what it was to have dinner. Well, so this man walks up to us and he says, hey, I've got some candy. So my brain thinks Skittles or (laughs) do you have chocolate? And Tim's grabbing my hand, pulling me. Like, no. I know. I had no clue. And then we're at the beach, and I look down, and I said, these people are so friendly. And he said, honey, all these people want to sell you drugs. So I don't have that filter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting to think about. Yeah. So I shouldn't ever travel alone. (laughs) (laughs) You need a guide. I do. I do. I do. All right. They can cause problems in a child's life, such as underachievement at school or social interactions. Mm. Kids don't. I remember being uninvited to a party. Oh, Kim. Because the parents, I was too rowdy. Mm -hmm. Um, Social interaction with children and adults and problems with discipline. So it's impulsiveness, impulsivity, disorganized. And problem solving, mm-hmm. prioritizing problems, and time. Oh, time management. management. Yes. So I just think about, and we'll talk about this more on the next episode about things we can do to help, but really structuring our rooms to help build skills. Oh, absolutely. Um, because, you know, like thinking about if a child is able to, you know, go to a psychologist and get some 
some help with therapy and then possibly medicine, but it's going to take also learning skills mm-hmm. to um, to be able to cope well. Um, or is cope my right word? I or, think it is, okay. yeah. Um, yeah, it's they're really accommodations, Laura. Okay. So we need accommodations for kids at home mm-hmm. and accommodations for them at school, school too. Yeah. And, and teaching them how to advocate for themselves. Oh, it's so huge. Yeah. And, I, you know, just thinking about that, we're not just, we're not just making, um, we're not going to be adapting our room to teach skills just for these little 5%. It, it's going to benefit all. Every child. Yeah. Every child will benefit mm-hmm. with time management skills. Oh, for sure. And organizational mm-hmm. skills and prioritizing problems or prioritizing tasks. Mm. You know, what, what is, what is urgent mm-hmm. and what is important. Yeah. So my urgent box stays full and I never get to my important box mm-hmm. because you're flagging everything as uh-huh. an urgent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wait too late because I'm terrible at organizing my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we can't multitask, which I don't think anybody. Yeah, really. really not well. Not, not really. Mm-hmm. No, we can't. Um, rest, restlessness. Look, my leg's swinging. <laughs> Yeah. Excessive activity, mm-hmm. uh, poor planning. Um, we get frustrated really easy, very easily frustrated because it's an anxiety that we have. Um, sometimes we have a temper. Mm. Yeah. So when you have kids in your classroom who have a, a temper, maybe it may be more, there's, there's something mm-hmm. it's not, What's wrong with you? But what happened to you? Right. I keep coming back to that. And it's not that we're choosing to respond that way. Yes. It is. I mean, that it may be a habituated behavior or um, it may be we don't have the skills to, you know, to problem solve another way. Yeah, that's true. I Mm. think um, a lot of times too, I don't know how, how to do this honestly, but I really think we have to educate parents Mm -hmm. on how to set up their homes to be ADHD friendly places. For me, I have to set everything out the night before. Otherwise I I run back in. Oh, I forgot my purse. Mm -hmm. Oh, I forgot my phone. Where's my phone? I constantly losing things. So for me, I put everything in one spot and I, or I put it in the car the night before. Right. Just really yes. helping yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, kids have trouble reading social cues. They don't get that. Mm-hmm. And so they don't understand. I did not understand as a child that people were getting frustrated with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they have trouble compromising, okay. working out problems with other people. And get this. Safe driving. Safe driving. Yeah, because your attention would be huge in it. Yes. And I can't tell you how many accidents I've had or speeding tickets. Because not because I want it. I'm not trying to right. break the law. The, I, I have a car now that hits the brakes if I get too close to somebody mm. and a red light just kind of yeah. buzzes. Man, I I <laughs> needed that as a 16-year-old. Oh, goodness. I hit the fire hydrant at the Dairy Queen and broke it off at the ground. 
and water did not spurt up. That, that didn't yeah. happen. I remember looking under there and just crying. And my mother, my daddy was a policeman. My mother was the insurance agent. It was the biggest mess. I was the worst kid. Um, yeah. So safe driving. Yeah. So really, honestly, as a parent, we really need to be cautious about yeah. training these children because mm -hmm. they're going to be behind the wheel of a car. Yeah. It's a safety issue. It is. Well, it really, I mean, even the social cues, you know, helping our kids learn to pay attention to uh, social cues, to notice them, what even to look for. That's even a safety issue. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. It is. That's why mm -hmm. I don't travel alone. <laughs> So when we go to New York, you're in charge. <laughs> okay. So the DSM has diagnostic criteria. A lot of kids will have one of these things or okay. two of these things. And parents go, oh my goodness, do I, does he have attention deficit? Or a teacher might say, well, he doesn't pay attention. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just one thing. So, so do you have to have all five of them? You have to have six or more of the criteria. Okay. So I, I, I'm going to include this. We'll include these in the show notes or link it. So the DSM-5 has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine criteria for inattention. Okay. And out of those nine, six or more symptoms of inattention have persisted for at least six months to a degree that that cause a problem. Okay. That it's a problem. So not just that they're there, right. but that it causes a problem. So just things like, um, not paying attention to details, making careless mistakes. That's one sustaining attention, not listening when spoken to not following through on instructions has difficulty organizing tasks and activities for time management avoids, dislikes, reluctant to engage in tasks that requires sustained mental attention and effort, loses necessary things, distracted by extraneous stimuli, um, forgetful in daily activities. So those are out of those, they need to have six, six of, of them. them. Okay. Yeah. So only three of them wouldn't be present. Mm. So that's why a lot of times we, we see these behaviors in children and their childish behaviors. Mm -hmm. They're not mm -hmm. a, a symptom of a bigger issue than right. attention. So that was for inattention. For hyperactivity, six of these, there's nine again, six of these have to be present. Fidgeting, tapping hands and feet, squirming in your seat leave their seat when they're supposed to be seated, mm. can't stay in their seat, runs, climbs, jumps. They cannot take part in leisure activities. Um, Except free time would be really a, oh yeah, can't handle. And you probably notice that in your classroom, especially younger teachers of younger grades, that free time, it's really, well, I kind of noticed it in all grades yeah. that when we give free time, it's yes. more of a time to have behavior issues. Mm -hmm. um, I know that is a skill. It is a skill. Mm -hmm. I noticed with David, he was never still. He was always on the go, always on the go. And I thought, oh, this is just a little boy because I had a little girl and she mm -hmm. didn't do that. Right. So I thought, well, that's just 
just how he is. He's just on the go. He's just a busy little boy. No, mm -hmm. that wasn't it. Um, it's like they have a motor in them and it won't turn off. They talk excessively. Excessive talking. Blurts out answers mm. in class, even though you've said you've it. You've said it. You've changed their color card, whatever it is <laughs> you've you do. Done. You've taken dojo points, whatever. It's not working for them. They cannot wait their turn. They want to push to the front. Um, they interrupt, butt into conversations. They butt into games. They take over things. But again, this has to have been present for six months to a degree that it is inconsistent with the developmental level mm. that they, they should be at. Yeah, so it'll be very important that we understand what the developmental level looks yes. like. Right. And so we're not just judging or, you know, making decisions based on development. Right. Um, A two-year-old's going to be on the go. Yeah. But even, even six-year-olds, you yeah. know, will yeah. be on the go. Yeah. So making sure that we're very aware of what is – quote, normal, which yes. I very, I, um, I mean, I rolled my eyes when I said it. Yes, um, normal is a setting on a dryer. That's <laughs> yeah. the only thing it is. Yeah. Um, I love that. Okay. So we want, when we're diagnosing, especially with adults, several inattentive or hyperactive impulsive symptoms were present before the age of 12. Mm. Because at 12 and 13, what happens? Their bodies start changing. Yeah. As their hormones start changing. Oh Everything is later. So <laughs> things will look like, oh, they're not paying attention. Well, they're, they're 13. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't present before they were 12, then it probably is. They haven't developed attention deficit. Okay. Um, several inattentive or hyperactive impulsive symptoms are present in two or more settings. So it's not just at school mm. or it's not just at home. It's at home. It's at grandma's. It's, at school, it's it's on the football field. It's at at practice okay. for their sports. So that is a very important point for us to consider. Yes, it's not just something that's happening at school. Mm -hmm. If they're not doing this at home, or they're not doing it at church, that's a good place to know. Yeah, they're not doing it at uh, football practice mm -hmm. or a then, restaurant or, a or restaurant. Whatever. Yeah, mm -hmm. on vacation. If you don't mm -hmm. see it. In all these different areas, then you it's you need to look deeper, right? And not just say it's attention or whatever. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the symptoms that you're seeing interfere with or reduce the quality of social hmm, experiences, yes, yeah. school or work function. Mm -hmm. So it's interfering with their life. Yeah, and we want every kid to feel happy and welcomed and you yes, know, yeah. at, find the joy of being at school. Yeah. So we want to do everything we can to help support that. It makes me very sad. And we want to make sure, this is what I said earlier, that these symptoms do not occur exclusively during the course of another uh, mental disorder mood disorder, anxiety mm -hmm. disorder, personality disorder, substance abuse, mm. or substance withdrawal. So the, these things are separate and apart from other diagnoses. Okay. So that's why seeing a licensed psychologist mm -hmm. is huge. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. I mean, a, a medical doctor is great. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, those two people, groups of people need to work together. Yeah. The, the therapist that I see has a nurse practitioner. Mm on staff and, and so, so there were it's a it's a team yes, approach yeah mm-hmm. and you really do need a team yeah yeah so um there's a lot there really yeah uh, so i think let's sum this up by thinking as a teacher what would be our role in supporting a kid who you think may have ADHD or even something more, um, what would be our role? Cause we cannot, we, we can never say to a parent, I think your kid has ADHD. I would start with the school-based psychologist or okay. the therapist mm-hmm. and say, I, I need you to come in and observe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm noticing these things and really, you know, a, a, a tracker where you're tracking data, noticing, yes. um, you know, not just one thing, because remember it, it was six out of nine. Um, right. And being a very aware of develop, normal development. So you're not asking someone to come in and they're going to say, well, it's just a normal seven year old. I have a little boy that um, he's pretty impulsive. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a student of mine, but he is not inattentive. Mm-hmm. He pays attention. Mm-hmm. He, um, probably just needs more movement mm, in the yeah. day. Mm-hmm. And maybe some problem solving skills to control that impulse. Yeah. You know, he's, he's pretty impulsive mm-hmm. and, and fidgety. Yeah. But man, that kid, I mean, he's dyslexic, but can read. Mm-hmm. We've taught him to read. Well, he can read a book when we're just, di- Doing the activity, like if I do something out of order, he knows that it's out of order. <laughs> it's very much in yeah. tune with that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. those just because a, a child is eight years old and impulsive does mm-hmm. not mean that they have attention deficit. Right. There's just so, and I know teachers were always saying it. There's so much to look for. There's so much to think about. But just think about. I mean, the responsibility is huge, but the payout of you meeting a kid's needs that have not been successful in schools, mm-hmm. what you'll mean to that child and what you'll mean to that child's family. Yeah. It's, it's true. really big. And um, they will always remember you. Yes. And at, fortunately in schools, we have a, a great uh, resource resources yeah. with school-based psychologists, mm-hmm. with um, social workers, counselors, there are people there who are, that's their job. Yeah. And that's their expert ta- expertise. And so that's where I would start. Mm-hmm. If I, and to, to make sure that you don't just suffer, you know, yes. that, you're, that you're trying to problem solve this on your own. And they can give you some uh, skills and techniques that you can use in your classroom mm-hmm. as well. And in Arkansas, you know, you have your co-ops, your yeah. behavior co-op yeah. specialist. So yeah. lot, lot, you are not alone. I think, I think, anyway, it's an interesting topic to me. It is an interesting topic. And then next week, what are you, you're going to, we're going to, this is a two-part series, ladies and gentlemen. So next week we'll talk about ways to um, accommodate mm -hmm. for students who have these Mm -hmm. issues with inattentiveness, with impulse control hyperactivity. Yeah. That will be a huge episode for us. Just really empower you and equip you. So, 
Okay. Well, thanks, Kim. You're welcome. All right, guys. And um, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, we really, I mean, information like this needs to be shared with every teacher in America and parent. So um, if you will please share this information, uh, share the podcast with others, we would greatly appreciate it. Yes. And we will link the um, information from the DSM. Yeah. So parents have that. So that will be in the show notes. And just remember, if you're if you're unfamiliar with um, how to access the show notes, you can just Google that. Like, um if you're on Spotify, how to find show notes on Spotify, how to find uh, show notes on Apple podcast. Um, all right. We hope you have a great week and um, just encourage you as you start this new year that it can be a great one. It will be a great one. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen.